Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and sometimes, accidentally, in spite of myself, something funny or interesting happens. This is Previously Live. What's up? Hey, what's up? Okay, how are you? Wait, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Cool. All right, give your name and pronouns to the chat. They care a lot. Andrew is fine, and him. Gotcha. Okay, let's get into it. Do you mind if I um, update everyone on what it is we're going to be talking about? Like, sort of briefly run them through it? Sure. All right. If, if I have to correct... Uh, correct is necessary yeah okay don't worry real neutral like okay so um no name did, did some tweets that i didn't like so i said wokely segregating my socialist movement wokely and then went on to explain why i said that more or less and then we got quote tweeted by our fine andrew over here and we looked at that on stream we said some very mean things about andrew and no name which i'm sure we're about to be held to account for and, uh, yeah, that's why we're here. Mm. That was pretty, that was pretty neutral, right? I mean, I don't think that I, I don't think I poisoned the well too much on that one. Not this time. All right. So, what do you have in mind? Well, um, I have some notes prepared so we could sort of keep on topic. Um, I think... The is I think that you took issue two major things on that stream on was it Monday? I think it was Monday. Um, and that was no names argument on its own, as well as my dissection of both your response and also her argument. So before we start going over either, there is one point that I want to go over because it's a point that I know that I initially misunderstood, and it's a point that I don't want this discussion to get hung up on for an hour and a half. Okay. So I'll explain why I misunderstood it as well. So, um, as you pointed out on that stream, you said that I misinterpreted the purpose of my and the structure of your tweet because you were attempting to speak in no names voice or whatever, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, personally, I would use quotation marks for that sort of joke structure, but I understand the error I made there. However, well, I think that it was a, a reasonable interpretation to make, and I'll explain why. If you, if you, I guess if you want to respond to that first, you could go ahead. Oh, I feel like it's a fairly common joke structure. The only way you could misinterpret it is if you unironically believe that I believe in segregation, which I guess a lot of people on Twitter probably do, but I don't believe in segregation, so that wasn't a point that I was trying to defend. Um, okay, so I'll explain why I believe that that, well, that misinterpretation was fairly reasonable. Um, I'm not sure if you remember this, um, but past month, you know, you've been going through this... Um, tanky arc and you have said before in talking about these people that they are hurting your movement and personally i agree to some extent you know because i believe that for example reddit is a potential place for introductory radical education mm -hmm. and a lot of subreddits on reddit are monopolized by genocide deniers so that's not good um so i guess that's why i initially assumed that you were saying your movement, because you have made that statement in the past. You understand? 
Uh, sure. I mean, when I say my movement in regards to tankies, that would be because I am a socialist and they are not. So I mean, like, broadly, my, like, because uh, I'm not what they are. Um, I don't know how legitimate I would consider no-name socialism. I certainly hope I'd consider it more legitimate than the tankies that I've been debating. But I'm not... I mean, she's, she's new to socialism, so yeah, she's yeah. still in the process. And I mean, I've, I've seen some things where, you know, it looks as if she's edging towards... Marxist-Leninism, but I tend to extend some courtesy for people who are new to it, considering how Marxist-Leninism tends to dominate uh, online leftist discussion. Yeah, well, that'd be very unfortunate, but that does seem to be the easiest path to go down. It's the path of least resistance. I think it takes very little critical analysis of the world and of material conditions outside of disliking America, which is, I mean, admittedly, based. Disliking America, good stuff, you know, but... I don't think that in and of itself is the basis of uh, radical political action. That plus some stuff that No Name said in the past, like, um, why are white people complaining about my tweets? This isn't for you. It kind of feels like she might be Not exactly what towards... she said, but... Oh, well, I don't remember the that. exact language, but it was certainly something in that ballpark. It feels... Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Right, right. It just feels like she's leaning into this weird, like exclusionary or like everyone has to stay in their own lane type thing, which I've seen a lot of online and I am very critical of. Okay, I think that's something we'll eventually get to. Mm -hmm. um, another point that you made, uh, I think it was also a misinterpretation, but it's a misinterpretation that you made that I understand why you would make it because of the structure of that sentence. And that is where I said, um, I think I said something along the lines of not just because you're a streamer who does little organizing IRL, I think right. I had said that sentence. I think it was like my tweet oh, yeah. in thread. Yeah. So this, so wait, I want to be clear about this, okay? Usually when a person uses a line like this, I stop taking them seriously because, I, and I'm sure any reasonable person can admit to this, um, the extent to which you can assist in a political movement is not gate-kept exclusively by IRL organizing. Especially since I reach millions of people with my platform, my time online is actually infinitely more efficiently spent than anything I could do in real life. I mean, now, going to a soup kitchen would be good for the photo op, you know? I mean, it'd be good. I, I do good work there. I mean, it's important to do that work. But in terms of the actual consequential output of what I'm capable of doing, it's pretty obvious that a computer screen is where I get most of my work done. But sometimes people will try to use that against me, like, oh, you don't even... You don't even do IRL organizing, which isn't even true. I have plenty in the past, but I don't talk about it because it just comes off like I'm bragging or deflecting. Like, it's, it's like a non-answerable thing. Like, do I show photo albums of me at, like, juvie or prisons, like, doing work or, like, talking with kids or fundraising? It's, and it just feels like I'm competing with people, you know what I mean? Um, and, I understand that. Yeah. I mean... And so just to get back to why I made that statement, it was less, I mean, I'm a YouTuber personally, so it's not the streaming aspect of it that I take issue with. Yes, the issue that I took with it is the lack of IRL organizing because I think that provides, sure, reaching people is important, but IRL organizing provides um, tremendous benefits in terms of perspective that you may not get, you know, on the internet. And... For example, I mean, No Name also has a large platform, and she's currently building a library and a community center for mm. organizing efforts in her area. And personally, I feel that um, with your massive resources, 
you're capable of doing of doing similar. You know, you could announce it on stream, you get book donations, that sort of thing. Or you could just reach out to people who are doing on-the-ground work and direct resources that way. Well, sure. And I have people... Here that you do do that work. I mean, I saw that recently you had um, donated some of your funds to that Hippie Dippy Championship guy because he, he was homeless or something. Uh, the, I just... A lot of people don't see this because all they see is, like, the debates that I do. But... Um... Not only do I have organizers, activists, and politicians on my stream, and I promote their work all the time, but I do donate to other charitable causes. Like, sometimes I'll just scroll through on Twitter and find, like, trans people who need money for surgery and just drop 500, like, anonymously on them. Um, I've done, like, I've raised tens of thousands of dollars for the um, BLM Bail Fund initiative back in, um, back uh, late last year, and I've been pretty, like, open and vocal about my... Um, my desire to do a canvassing for like a progressive or socialist candidate in the upcoming 2022 elections. But like, you have to admit, normally when people bring up the IRL organizing thing, it's just kind of like a dig. The impression is that I'm just like a armchair activist who doesn't do anything and that you delegitimize me by not doing IRL work. When to be fair, a lot of the people who levy that criticism have themselves done no work. I think it's an ideation of the aesthetic of activism. Because the aesthetic of activism is being on the ground with a pamphlet or a clipboard in your hand running around talking to people. And that's good work, but that's not the only way to do activism. And in my case, it's the least efficient way. So it's a criticism that I'm very suspicious of, to say the least. Okay, I mean, I, I, I think I still stand with my point. And I, I think that, I know it's, it's weird to say, hey, look at me, I'm doing XYZ work at this place, or I'm donating XYZ amount, but... Um, I think making that vi visible would be important. I know it's kind of awkward, but with such a large platform, because that, that could also encourage other people who are watching you to go ahead and do the same thing. People would just but, find clips of it and say, oh, Vash thinks that he can compensate for his years of anti-black rigor by saying he donated X and Y. I don't think there's a win in this. I just think it's aesthetic posturing, especially since I do publicly engage in this kind of stuff. I mean... God, when I do canvassing work, how many tens of thousands of dollars will I be spending out of pocket to fund for people to travel and pay for their accommodations and hotel rooms and stuff? It's going to be an enormous expense, but I guarantee you not a single person online uh, who doesn't like me right now will be swayed by the effort that I put into that sort of thing. I just, yeah, I don't know. But that yeah. effort is going into electoral organizing, though. Which is so infinitely more important. Electoral organizing. Right, which right now is infinitely more important than whatever the fuck Twitter lefties think they're doing uh, by screaming about mutual aid orgs and then not actually doing anything with them, I would say. Disagree. I, but I, I, I don't expect why. to move you on this, so... Right. Um, no, we need, we need more electoral support in this country. Uh, a second Trump term would have been disastrous. The more we do to consolidate power in the House and the Senate, the more likely we are to be able to freely organize... It's very important we at least have that buffer, that safety net, you know? Is it really a safety net, though? But yes, anyway. it absolutely is. Wait, if, you, if we had one less blue senator in the Senate right now, there would probably be tens of thousands more deaths in the coming years. Yeah. When Biden's infrastructure bill passes, people who would no, otherwise... No, I'm not saying the Democrats are, um, you know, like, there aren't benefits to voting for Democrats over Republicans. I'm just saying... You know, we can't do the less evil thing forever. But I'm not here to talk with You should always do the least evil thing. That's tautological. You should always do the least evil. And sometimes the least evil is sucking it up and making sure that literal fascists don't control the federal government. 
you know what, whatever. We're not here to talk about electoral politics anyway, so. Right. Um, so you made a series of accusations against me in that segment. You called me pro-segregation, anti-black, and anti-white. And you also claimed that I wanted to start a race war. I, uh, Somehow. Sure did throw those, those ones out you're willing to die on, or... Um, Would you like to apologize? We can uh, we can go over the tweets. I can give you. I mean, I, there was no denying that I was like hyperbolic with my language, but the underlying sentiment is something that I'll defend. If I could go over the tweets and explain why. Sure, oh, let's go over them one by one. Yeah. Um. So one of the issues that I have, and I've noticed this during the tanky arc, is that unfortunately there were a lot of people of color who believe that like black liberation or whatever is going to come by ostracizing white people from the movement. Now, many of them won't admit to this, but they are at the same time very aggressive and very performatively exclusionary to white people in their movement. It's always a set of preconditions. If white people are to be here, they need to do or be X and Y. There's a higher bar, a standard that needs to be passed, which to my mind is really counterproductive. It also keeps us from recruiting because like if we're trying to get, you know, liberals or like centrists over to the left, they see the left and they're like, oh my God. I'm going to have to unironically, like, apologize for my race to be in here, you know? I, I find that behavior really frustrating, which is why I throw out the woke segregation thing. There are also some prominent personalities who push this a little more directly, though admittedly, for the most part, it's kept implicit. Um, so the, um, first of all, y'all need to keep woke out y'all mouth. So I'm, I could be wrong here. Does y'all mean white people? Because the rest of that tweet is dichotomized between the y'all and black folks is that I assume you're saying white people shouldn't say woke. Well, I don't think that white people, I don't think that white people necessarily are like banned from the word woke. What I think is that a lot of white people use woke in a very negative context. And it's very frustrating considering the history of the tomb. Mm -hmm. But it's the, the y'all here is white people, I assume, because it says y'all yes. need to keep woke out of your mouth. And then anytime black folks so that's the dichotomy i mean unless you mean like white asian latin and indigenous people but i assume you mean white people here Hello? yes uh, so you mean white people did you say i, I didn't yes. hear if you okay yeah gotcha yeah, um okay the second tweet has been addressed the your socialist movement thing so there's no need to linger on that uh and then we have Existing movements from Rojava to EZLN to... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's look on the woke segregation bit for a second. Oh, sure. Because I don't think it's, under it's understood why I would make such a statement. Yeah, go um, for it. The, I, one I, of the first yeah. uses of um, the term Stay Woke was by a Black American folk singer. Um, I think his name was Lead Belly or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he had used it at the end of a song where he was telling the story of nine Black teenagers who accused of raping two white women. He says, I advise everybody be a little careful when they're going out, going out, go along through there. Best stay woke, keep their eyes open. It has long been used to be aware of racially motivated threats and the potential dangers of white America. It was a song written during segregation. And um, I mean, it was also used to reference guarding against infidelity or literally staying awake, but it's always had a pretty distinctly political character. Right. Segregation was a very violent period in American history, and it certainly was not enacted by white people, by black people, sorry. Um, so I think it's, and black people were the ones barred from workers' unions, you know, they were harassed and assaulted and killed. 
and thrown into prison, so on and so forth. So I think it is very, very disgusting, very irresponsible, very anti-Black to invoke segregation so flippantly against Black people. Um, no, I don't think I agree with that. I think that just because Black people have been a victim of segregation in the past and today, to be fair, doesn't mean that you can't accuse Black people of engaging in language which promotes segregation. So, for example, there are black people on Twitter, and to be fair, this is we're talking a minority of a minority. We're not talking like all black people or anything like that, but there are some black people on Twitter um, who will say that they don't like race mixing because um, to dilute the black blood, you know, to to subject a mixed race child to one white. We parent. don't need to talk about this. Right, right. So what they're doing then is they're using it's it's, it's irrelevant though. Well, well, hold, I'm just trying to explain like the way this language works. The woke there, the progressive intent, is then leading people towards segregationist conclusions. So that's the reason why I've used that term, because you've, you've, you've horseshoe theoried. You have segregationists over on the right, but then through progressivism, you loop some, some people, not all, very, very small number of people, loop all the way around to the other side, and now they're promoting essentially the same talking points. Marcus Garvey is a good example of that. Uh, he worked with the Ku Klux Klan. Marcus Garvey Klan. was a fascist. I'm yeah, aware. Right. I, I did a video on Africanism. I'm aware. Yeah, but a lot of people promote him as a um, a supporter of black rights, uh, including, and I could be wrong, didn't No Name talk about Garvey at one point in a positive light? Or am I misremembering? I think I might actually remember that because it sounds progressive, doesn't it? Garvey was so radical and so revolutionary that he didn't even think white and black people could live in the same country. He wanted them to go back and go build a mega civilization in Africa and stuff. And that can sound really tempting to a lot of people who I think are- He's not the end all and be all of Pan-African thoughts, just as an aside. Of course not, but he's definitely a prominent voice and a bad one from everything that I know about him personally. And people do promote him, not because they're fascists and not because they're anti-Semites, which he was as well, but because they believe, well, essentially in black separatism. The idea that black and white people black separatism have, is politically irrelevant. I'm not saying it's politically relevant, but I do think that some tinges of black separatist thought taint our ability to have good faith discourse within the left movement. I'm not saying like like one day like all the black people in America are going to leave or like this is some big political threat. It's never ever going to happen. But while I'm part of the online left, I don't want like liberals or normies to look at my movement and see like black people being like, yeah, listen, whites, you stay in your spaces. Black people cannot get along with you. Like that kind of thing, you know, it's really disruptive to the movement. It makes it difficult to recruit that kind of thing, you know. But that's not like a very common no, it's like, not. position to hold though. But if you see it, you should criticize it. I've seen no name say some things that feel like they lean in that direction, and I've debated. For example, well, I think that Marcus Garvey promotion thing was a little bit suspect. Also, well, that, you said like, you think you saw her promoting Marcus Garvey. I can I can look it up. It's just, I can look it up. It's just hard for me to Google search while I'm um, while I'm talking. I could be misremembering, but I chat. Would you mind looking for that while we talk? I I'm almost positive that I saw it, but I could be wrong. And if that's the case, I'll own up to that. But I do know that she's tweeted stuff like, you know, these tweets aren't for the angry white people who look at them, or these tweets aren't for you. And that stuff... No, the exact wording of the tweets, which we can go over, mm -hmm. is why white people follow my every move, the same for you. And so I'll provide some context for that. I've been following yeah. No Name since about 2019. She's new to socialism, but I admire how she's been using her platform. 
using her resources to help other people. And I don't follow too many people, so her tweets are usually at the top of my timeline. And so for the past two years, since she's become like a more vocal advocate for socialism, um, she gets a lot of harassment, of course. She gets harassment from hotep types. Um, she gets harassment from Beyonce stands. She gets harassment from black capitalists. But a lot of harassment comes from white people on all sides of the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. And the people who harass her seem to have her post notifications on. So they're able to be one of the first people to comment under every tweet. And it's, it's disturbing. So right. you took this one for you to mean segregation. But considering that context, I interpret it to mean, leave me alone. Well, this isn't explicitly segregationary, but this tweet doesn't even mention, like, I'm getting harassed by white people. She's not even saying, like, white but people she, who are in, harassing in the, me leave me alone. Because you don't have the, you don't have the context, okay? The context that you missed is that for the past couple of days before she tweeted that, she was getting harassed, and she has been getting harassed for years. Okay. People who follow her tend to be aware of that. So this is going to be a little bit different, but I want to see if we can parse out the reasons why they're both bad. I get a lot of harassment online from trans people because there are a lot of them who are under the impression that I'm transphobic for one reason or another. Now, if I said, if I tweeted, why do trans people follow my every move, this shit not for you? I feel like I would warrant that would beget a lot of really well-deserved criticism. Now, I know the difference there, and it's that trans people are systemically oppressed and white people really aren't, but even if you take away the systemic oppression element, you still have the but exclusionary. You can't take away the systemic oppression element. So the you exclusion think... is exclusion of harassers. Well, no, this tweet doesn't mention harassers. It mentions white people. And the exclusionary element is bad, even if you're talking about a majority power group. Like, I don't think she's excluding people who agree with her, who happen to be white. I mean. Uh, the language of the tweet is pretty, oh, well, it doesn't specifically, I mean, it does it specifically say this, tweet, but... these tweets aren't for white people. It does literally say these tweets are not for white people. If you're saying context alleviates this in some respect, that's, I guess, alleviating. But I think this is a pretty bad tweet. I don't know. I mean, we don't have to linger on it, but that's, it gives me a bad impression. It just makes me feel as though we're leaning towards that everyone stay in your lane type thing you know well i think it's um i think it is natural for somebody to be frustrated with how white people have been treating her you know so well it's not necessarily a stay in your lane sort of thing it is an instance of frustration and being aware of that being aware of the context of that um lends towards a uh, better faith interpretation of her statement. If you're a political advocate, as No Name is, and you're making tweets which are semantically identical to my content isn't for white people, regardless of any preceding context, I would say that's worthy of criticism. Now, maybe it's not explicitly segregationary, but I think it certainly lends credence to a broader problem with this content or with these attitudes. Again, we're not talking about white people being hung up on crosses or, or discriminated against systemically. I'm not saying white people are being hurt by no name. I'm saying that the cohesion of the movement could be hurt, that it might make it more difficult to recruit people. And no name's a big public figure. And if she does something, a thousand more people will be doing it in six months because that's how public figures worth, or work. And that stuff worries me quite a bit.
I mean, I can continue because I think you demonstrate the exact same tendencies. Because the next tweet that we go over says, Existing movements from Rojava to ECLN to Cooperative Jackson to Land Back Struggles are so far being led by people of color. The most y'all have done so far is what? Riding with Biden? Please. So this is competitive race rhetoric. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. This That's is... one of the issues that I had with your misinterpretation of my. Is it really not? Um, it's like we did all, well, people of color did all this, but most no, of you white people no, don't. Like, how is no, that not? That's not. <laughs> No, that's the, the, the purpose of the tweet is not people of color, the mass socialist, or whatever. The purpose of the tweet is to point out that, and again, this is in the context of ownership, which is something that we had cleared up earlier. Um, if there, if, and it's impossible for any one group or person to own socialism, but the purpose of that tweet was to point out that if it were possible, those people would most likely be ahead of the line because they've materially impacted more people. Even if you were to interpret my tweet as saying that I own the socialist movement, why is your first thought white boy owns the socialist movement? Like, why is that the first thing to go to your head? The reason why it's absurd that I would own the movement is because I'm white. I understand the misinterpretation of the initial tweet, but why racialize it? I pointed out that the white middle class has not been the ones to lead the socialist movement because of the historical precedent and the present precedent. Sure, but like that's really weird to me. Like if you have a criticism of an individual's behavior and then you lead into, ha, well you white people haven't done much good anyway. That I feel like you're 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 shooting with a, a very sawed off shotgun and a couple pellets are hitting me and a lot of pellets are hitting the forest behind me, you know? Um, this language really, I, like, maybe this isn't what you intended, but I think most people reading this would agree. This comes off like dick measuring between POC and white people on your respective, like, success in socialist. Nah, like I explained, it's about, um, it's about the fact that if we look at reality, um, it hasn't been the white middle class. So white middle class can't really claim ownership of the socialist movement. Wait, but why am I'm not the white middle class? I'm just I'm me. Like, why are you essentialized? If you have a problem, essentializing, you have to be aware of people's um, class character. Okay, so wait, let me because that impacts their gonna, uh, relationship to. I'm gonna try to run this around again. Okay, imagine if a black guy was in a city and they took like a selfie and they were like, "Yeah, run in my city," and then I was like, "Hmm." When was the last time you black people have ever built anything? I'll have you know 98% of the construction companies in this city are owned by white people. Like, that would be really weird. It would, again, now I want to be clear, that would be systemically discriminatory in a way that your tweet about me is not. But I think that when you're trying to, like, semantically correct a person's perceived ownership over something, bringing their race into it is really weird. And, by the way, if you concede to the logic of your tweet... It's race and class, Race, sure, race and class. Then you, poor black people haven't done et cetera, et cetera. Like, you could justify a lot of really bad logic with that, don't you think? But would not. Well, maybe well, you would referring to the socialist movement. Well, sh well a and? Maybe a Nazi is referring to Western civilization, and they say you don't have a right to claim ownership to this industry or this city because white people built it. And then you would say, wait, hold on. White people didn't build it. Individuals built it. The city wait, wait, wait. Of... Do you think I'm saying that white people can't be socialist? No, I'm no. That's not what I'm saying. You're saying I'm saying that this is how the logic would go if it was on the, if the shoe was on the other foot. So, an, uh, so a, maybe a, a black guy or you. Let's just say you, you're. Are you black? I assume because your picture yes. on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Right. 
Let's say you go to New York City, you take a selfie, and you're like, yeah, run in my town. And some white nationalist is like, um, excuse me, white people built New York City. And then you're like, oh, wait, hold on. Because this is the argument that I would use in return. Um, I would say, hold on, white people didn't build it. Individuals built it. Just because you share a skin color with the people who built the city doesn't mean it's any more yours than mine. The builders built it. Neither of us are builders. We both have equal ownership to the city. But then if they were following your logic, they would say, all right, well, I'm just using like class and race uh, characteristics to describe the relative propensity you have for the construction of the city. It's a weird kind of essentialization. I just don't know why you would go there when the semantic language of your tweet pretty explicitly postures between the relative achievements of white and non-white people, you know? You get where I'm coming from, at least? It's particularly the achievements of the um, racial class-based group. Yeah, I just don't think... I, I just... Whenever I see a person with a bad take on Twitter, my immediate thought is not, this person is middle-class and white. Let me say middle-class and white people can't do it. Well, it's because, I mean, I'm aware of the general makeup of... Um your audience, as well as of your own background, so. All black people in my audience, by the way. We all voted for Biden. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that joke too many times? It's, it's exhausting. Ah, uh, okay. Well, you know what else would have been exhausting? A second Trump term. Let's move on. Um, anyway, uh, continuing. Wait, do you think, the, <laughs> wait, do you uh, think I don't think people should have voted for Biden? Like, why are you making those, those snipes? If like, I go back through your Twitter feed, will I find you encouraging other leftists to vote for Biden? Because if so, massive props, because very few people have I don't even balls. live in America. Well, sure, but there are people in America who follow you. Yeah. I mean, how many Twitter followers do you have? You have thousands of followers. You could have maybe convinced a couple of people to get over their Bernie or bus tendencies. So I wouldn't be Last able to find Last I had that. like 500 followers. Okay, so I wouldn't be able to find any of that then in your Twitter feed. No, it's not my, it's not my fight. Okay, well, I think it, it is. I mean, my fight, my sympathy is with the workers of the world. So if there were workers in America, even if I didn't live in America, I'd be concerned. Make sure they don't live under a fascist ethnostate. But I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, I get either a lot of a lot of Bernie or bus types online on the left. Okay, I'm just you know I'm still I'm still sensitive. I'm touchy about this. Um, I realized. Yeah. Um, and then third of all, the aggressive bad faith misinterpretation of black voices to your overwhelmingly white audience. Um, I think I have a relatively diverse audience for online politics, but it's still probably overwhelmingly white from what I can tell. Is also mm -hmm. staggeringly anti-black. You're far more charitable to ex-Nazis. Um, so do you know why I say this? Uh, sure, go for it. Explain, then I'll respond. Um, so I, I saw your conversation with that ex-Nazi, mm -hmm. whosoever, um, and I've seen that you do have the ability to be patient with people, to be empathetic with people, to take people in good faith, and I don't see you extending that to people who you've have these preconcept preconceived notions as evil black Twitter lefties. Well, I don't like go after, just to be clear, I go after Twitter lefties. I don't go after like black Twitter lefties. I don't like try to pick fights along racial lines. Um, so the reason why I don't think this comparison is necessarily valid is because, um, is because uh, this person that I talked to was an ex-Nazi. Uh, that has no I'm bearing aware. on their current perspective. If the ex-Nazi- Right, if they'd said something that I disagreed with, I would have disagreed with them. I'm not impugning people for their former beliefs. I'm talking about the tone of the conversation, how yeah. you approached 
the conversation. Because they're cool now, yeah. So it's, it's about approach. It's about approach. Well, because they're you currently You don't lend that things. same approach. I agree with. You don't lend that same approach to people who are people on Twitter. You don't lend that same approach to, for example, No Name. And you, you, you yourself said you're aware that she's new to Twitter, whatever. You have, if you have some particular issues with perhaps how she worded things. And at the beginning of the um, segment, you had, um, you had said that the so-called so Steelman interpretation of her saying is that there are some white leftists who take comfort in being part of a multiracial group without using their privilege to put in the way to radicalize other white people. That was the so that's what you dubbed the steel man interpretation of a tweet when that was the correct interpretation of a tweet i don't uh, that but i think that you, tweet requires way more work on my end than the immediate tweet that needs to be done and i feel like the way in which well, she phrased her tweet with, was with like there are way more likely interpretations that aren't that one um because we even we even like finished all of it by the way my my people my boys found a tweet of you saying that both trump and biden are awful human beings i guess this was after the election. Do you disagree no, with wait, that statement? November. Well, it's not that I disagree with the statement. It's that the implicit message of this statement is that there's no difference between them. Like, well, this is what a lot of people do. They, but they there's a difference between, there are differences between them. There's right difference before between the election. Hitler, I, there's a difference between Hitler and Winston Churchill, and both of them are awful human beings, not so. Right. But if it was right during World War II, and you said both Winston Churchill and Adolf Hitler are awful human beings, I feel like the implication there would be that you don't have a stake in the result of the war. This isn't like 60 years after the fact. This, this tweet was sent out a few days before the election. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, still stand by that statement. I only sure, got five likes, and I, I had sure. like 300 followers at the time. It's not, it's not going to change the outcome of the election. Calm right. down. The follower count isn't what I'm looking for here. I'm not saying you're going to change the election. It's just... This is Bernie or bust rhetoric. So it's weird to me earlier that you were like acting it's defensive. It's Bernie or bust rhetoric to, to point out that um, that they're both awful human beings. When, Seriously. So again, I feel like you're being a little bit dishonest here. I'm going to try this one more time and then we can move on. Um, when we're right about to have an election between a ghoulish neoliberal and a fascist, and the only conversational point you have to add to this is that both are bad, the implicit suggestion then is that it doesn't really matter which one wins, that there's an equivocacy here, it's both whatever, two evils, who cares, which is a sentiment expressed by a lot of people um, on the online left. So I, I just, so again, you I got defensive earlier. Wins. So were you hoping that Biden would win over Trump? Of course. Okay. I mean, I can't find any tweets of you saying that, and I can find tweets of you both sidesing, but yeah. Um. Okay, anyway. Well, I have private group chats where I was sat down through the election and I watched the results change. So it's not like you have access to the entirety of my life on Twitter because I'm not very... Back then, I wasn't very active on Twitter. Of course. I can, I can only criticize you for the things that I see here on your Twitter feed. Um, anyway, I don't think Again, this tweet contact. about bad faith misinterpretations, I just don't think necessarily lands. Um, I can only really go by what I think a reasonable interpretation is and how my audience tends to lean, but I feel like my interpretation of your tweets and of No Name's tweets have been fairly on the ball, whereas you've been assigning a degree of charitability that I think borders on like dishonesty, in my personal opinion. Yeah, in your opinion. Yeah. Wait, I'm, get I'm getting more tweets of you doing the both sides thing. 
Every election, people says say, pick the lesser of two evils. Enough is enough. It's time to work outside the system and stop picking evil. Would you like to read the original tweet? Uh, sure, we can look at the original tweet from the original by tweet Dao, that I'm quoting by Dawi. Imagine TNT's restaurant PNC the only will give you diarrhea. Everyone says you're civic duty to choose. You don't choose any, but everyone who's each shitting down the place telling you don't complain about the smell. Yeah, this is true. Don't eat the diarrhea food. Um, it's probably bad. yeah. Um, the tweet was in the context of my own local elections. Um. Okay, that's TNT fair. stands for Trent Allen Tobago, which is where I'm from. PNM stands for the People's National Movement, which is one political party. I think UNC stands for the United National Congress, which is another political party. That's fair. I think the sentiment kind of carries across, but yeah, okay. Um, that's fair, though. I, um, wh what country are you from? There's Trinidad and Tobago. Okay, yeah, I will admit that I don't know very much about your um, political system. The politics are split along racial lines, so it's, it's very unproductive. Uh, that's unfortunate. Both parties have a... Have a essentially the same um, ideology, but one party is Hindu Indians, the other party is black people and Muslim Indians. So well, that's why not much I'm, gets done. That's why I'm so, uh, you know, that's why I'm so hard on uh, avoiding segregationist rhetoric, you know? Um, anyway, then we arrive, we're almost done, I guess, or I guess we're getting there. Which brings me to the main point, this isn't segregation, not only because of the stark difference in power dynamics, but also because No Names Take is not about dividing the movement. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of about dividing the movement. Let's be fair. Between the, like, these tweets aren't for white people, and then the original tweet from Well, no I already Name. established how I, um, I already established my interpretation of that tweet, so... Yeah, I Can know, I but like white people don't talk to me about police because I've just decided that your entire race hasn't done enough to radicalize other white people to leftism. This is an insanely counterproductive tweet. Like white people, That's you don't get to have a racially um, unified movement until you've passed some arbitrary threshold of. It's not arbitrary. How? So wait, what's the? What's the? How is it not arbitrary? Is there like a specific line? How is it arbitrary to expect that people in their communities are working against white supremacy and liberalism? Wait, so at what That's point? That's like bare minimum shit. At what point do we know that white people are doing enough? Because the arbitrariety is that we don't know. There's no way of knowing. It's a gradient. And also, how do you know right. what all white you're people right. are you're doing? You're right, you're right, you're right. It is true that there is a sense of arbitrary arbitrariness in terms of the line being drawn and how much is enough but as it stands right now we're not even close to reaching that line if not, what, enough why, work is not being done why so go after white people like this when instead you could say i think that white people should utilize their privilege and their relative levels of respect in white spaces to try as much as possible to radicalize their but white. now you're just nitpicking now you're just nitpicking freezing the what? same um the same message is being is being um is being communicated no i strongly disagree because the language that i just used is inclusive with the free and the language you want to go no through the phrasing of the tweet Wait. and i'll explain my um my interpretation of her tweet wait okay i Would understand you like your interpretation wait 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 hold on well you don't understand my interpretation of the tweet because you haven't gone through it yet so the you just said that what i said was semantically identical i didn't say it was semantically identical wait, can we, wait hold on I said the message was identical. That's, okay. You said the message was identical. The problem is the language that I used was inclusionary 
and the language that she used was exclusionary, which is the reason why I was critical. My message was exclusionary wasn't... in what way? So she literally says, "Do not talk to me about police, white people, until you've done X." I can't imagine. She said, "Please don't speak to me about police in the context of what the guy said." She was speaking directly to somebody. She had co-tweeted somebody. So the please don't speak to you about police is specific to that tweet. But the first sentence, why white leftists more eager to unify with racialized communities than organize your own people first. Second sentence, you and two black people is meaningless as long as the masses of white people are indoctrinated into white supremacy and liberalism. Now, in the original um, stream, you are taking issue with the phrase your own people. Do you still have issue with that phrase? Yeah. Why are we racializing this? Because you can't ignore race in America of all places. No, if you have a problem with a take, you don't need to say, why are these white people giving a bad take? You don't need to say white people aren't doing enough. If you have an issue because with a take... pointing out a, a general trend in the organization so patterns that's, of... Right, that's essentializing. Lack of organizing patterns. It's not okay. essentializing. If you notice a trend in activity... How do you, wait, how do you even measure how much white leftists are doing to push for other white leftists to join up? Like, how do you even know? Is there a barometer on this? Is there, like, some way of measuring that I'm unaware of? Like, how do we there know? There isn't so much a, a barometer, but there's, there's more to do with, um, well, if people were organizing in their communities, you would see the fruits of it. It's more looking for the fruits of that labor. And there aren't many so then far. why did black people overwhelmingly vote for Biden instead of Bernie? Maybe you guys need to do more radicalization within your own community first? I'm not here to talk about electoral politics. I don't know why I'm bringing this up. Oh, okay. Wait, hold on. So the, when we actually arrive at a measurable barometer, uh, now all of a sudden that's no longer... A, I think that deciding whether or not to vote for Bernie is a fairly strong indicator to how sympathetic... Like I said, I didn't come here to talk about electoral politics. So it's not about electoral about politics. The, we could it's talk about, about why, the extent... We can talk about why, um, why black people tend to... Um, voted for Biden over... I know over, why black um, people voted for Biden. Bernie. Right. So uh -huh. we don't have to talk about it. Well, wait, hold on. So you're willing to play excuses for black people voting for the neoliberal centrist candidate, but then you also, like, vaguely believe white people aren't doing enough? See, what, this is exactly what I mean. No Names Tweet encourages posturing. It's a competition with this. How much is X or Y doing? Like, why aren't white people doing enough? Why not use positive language that includes people? White people have a power that black people don't. Because you don't need to coddle people. Oh, see, now we're getting to it. Using inclusionary language is coddling. This is exactly no, what I was talking about. that's not what about. I said. This is not what I said. It is explicitly what you just said. That is literally... No, I said you don't have to coddle people. So I advocated... You don't always have to coddle people. Not every, every word that comes out of your mouth has to be coddling. So I advocated for inclusionary rhetoric. If you believe that's coddling, then our movement is dead. Inclusionary rhetoric is the way that leftists no, I, get more I don't people have an on board. With inclusionary rhetoric, though, but if we're speaking specifically about what No Name said, I think there is also a space for not coddling. I think there's also a space not, for being a little bit harsh. Nobody's talking being a little about bit harsh with your phrasing. Harshness isn't, first of all, I only run in terms of productivity. Um, harshness is not productive, generally speaking, especially since within this tweet unnecessarily... Productivity is not the only way wait, to um, Please stop to interrupting operate. me. Especially when no-names tweet introduces racist, or sorry, not racist, I guess maybe, but 
racial essentialization where it wasn't necessarily called for. I don't know how else to say this, but if you disagree with a take from a white person, the proper response is not to say, uh, white people, you think you can be part of the left when you're not even doing enough amongst your own people? Stay out of here. Stop talking to me about police, whitey. Like, that's a really dumb, ineffective way of handling. Now, that, now you can say I used more uh, hyperbolic language, but the sentiment between what No Name tweeted and what I just said is pretty functionally similar. It doesn't add people to the movement. It gets people angry and bitter and divisive, and that's what I was criticizing. If you want to say this was just No Name being angry and it wasn't super productive, but whatever, don't like get your panties in a twist about it, then that is fine. That's totally fine. If you think I'm over-fixating on it, that's fine. But this still isn't good. And what bothers me is that people will play like defense the for forest this stuff. for the trees. I feel like my criticism here is fairly pointed and has been fairly specific. I mean, I disagree. For example, you say that she is criticizing a teak when, as it's been established, she is criticizing a trend among white leftists in terms of how they organize or don't organize, rather. What's wrong? I don't even know what the original tweet is. The original tweet is literally just saying we need to unify and recognize the capitalist police are a shared enemy. And she got mad at that. Like, this is anti-revolutionary rhetoric. This is counter-revolutionary from no name. The original tweet is saying, hey, workers of America, we need to rise up together and recognize that petty racial infighting is not the way to solve our problems. We need to work together against the collective institutions that oppress us. And No Name sees that tweet and she's like, uh, sorry, Whitey, huh, you're not doing enough. That's just really, really bad to me. It's not good. You have a weird way of perceiving these sort of things, but I'll well, then point something out, right? So you just... Let's bring it back in a little bit. You took issue with the um, phrasing your own people because you think, oh, it's racially centralizing, whatever the case may be. Correct? Yeah, I just, I don't know what about the original tweet required a message about how whites aren't doing enough. That feels so out of left field, you know? Pops to you. This how, context. What does this um, accomplish? Be considered. Don't you, you realize that we what need white people okay, in this movement, let's right? go. I'm aware of that. I know we need white people in this movement. But the point is that, um, okay, let me scale back a bit. If you were a random white context. kid and you saw this tweet, like you realize... We're not talking about random white kids, for Random, random white, white kids, kids are future revolutionaries. White boy summer is a revolutionary's haven, okay? We need those random white kids. And they see a tweet right, like this. Angst. And what do they think? I'm not as fixated on what they think because I think there is more to be discussed before you quickly jump to a particular interpretation. How can you recruit new so, people if you don't care what normies think about our movement? What? What do you mean how can I recruit new people without thinking? Well, yeah, how can you, you think recruit? One, one tweet is going to turn, uh, is wait, going to turn so wait, somebody in a particular direction? You're doing it again. It is just one tweet, but it's indicative of a broader attitude that I'm criticizing. So with indicative this attitude, of a broader attitude, indicative of a broader attitude. Let's stick on that phrase for a second. No, no, no. Indicative wait, I need you to answer this question. Attitude. How can we recruit okay. new people if we don't care about what randoms think about our messaging? We need to know. We need to be yeah. appealing to them as much as possible. We should be having bake sales to get these fuckers in our doors. We don't. We're yeah, very addressing their material conditions. But I want to talk about all you said. Um... What, no, I need an answer to that. Because if you don't think this is a, an avenue worth pursuing, then you're not a part of my movement. You're a part of some social club that I don't want to be a part of. 
organizing. I'm talking about organizing. I'm talking about optics. I'm talking about revolutionary class consciousness. Your name is also talking about organizing. She's also talking about revolutionary class consciousness. You said, but somehow you missed that in the tweet. No, you said you don't care how other people think. So why not? That's not we what I need... said. Wait, chat. Did this person not just say they don't care what others think with regards to the optics of this tweet? Did I miss that? I said I don't care what I don't care what random white boy thinks because why, there's why more not? to it than just his one perspective. Wait, wh why not? Why not promote socialism in a way that's amicable to the perspectives of the entire working class? Random white because boys are like 20% of the American population. The 30 maybe. There is know. a point, there is a point that is being communicated in the tweet that I think is more important than merely considering how white boy number 24 might consider or might interpret the tweet. But so far, the message... I've managed to phrase this tweet in a way which is more accurate and better optically. So I don't know what we're gaining by phrasing then you're, this one. You're nitpicking phrasing, though. Well, I'm trying to talk about the yeah. message of the tweet. Wait, the phrasing is important. We're public figures. Trust me, I know better than anyone phrasing else. Phrasing is important. Phrasing's very phrasing important. is very important. Yeah. Phrasing is important. So let's talk about the phrasing. Yeah, the the phrasing is explicitly exclusionary. It brought it, the original tweet was about unity against police, racial unity against police, which was the message of basically every like um, socialist movement in this country for the past hundred years, and then um, with some exceptions, and then well, No Name steps in and she exception. says some exceptions. The successful ones tend to be inclusionary, and um, and then No Name steps in and No Name is like actually white people aren't doing enough. Uh, unity with black people is meaningless as long as the masses of white people are indoctrinated into white supremacy and liberalism. First of all, that's factually incorrect. Unity with black people is meaningful even in the face of an oppressive society. This is reductive and frankly just stupid. Like it's an all or nothing kind of sentiment. Unity with black people is meaningless unless we've destroyed capitalism? What? So wait. No, that's not the, that's not the take though. The masses of white people have been indoctrinated into white supremacy and liberalism for the entire history of this country, but I promise you that life would be a lot worse right now if there weren't some white people who were unified with black people. This is a very right. dumb tweet. So this is about, not correct. So let's talk about how solidar um, what unity means, all right? Because you see, oh, you know, people need to stand in solidarity and in unity, whatever. But if you too, when it comes to radical politics, actions supersede words. We're talking about the words from No Name right now. We're public figures. Our language. We're talking affects... about the message. We're talking about the message of her tweet. The message. But you seem to really seem with to want to fix it. Are you listening to a yeah. word that I'm saying? You yes, keep I am. switching between phrasing and content and phrasing and content. I criticize the phrasing and you jump to the content. I criticize the content. And you jump to the phrasing. I don't think you're listening to a fucking thing that I'm saying. I've, this is getting incredibly repetitive. I feel like I've picked this apart and I don't think you have a defense of it. I think, uh, can, maybe this is a bit uncharitable of me. If I can infer, I think your defense of it might be, it's not my place to criticize it. That's not the place. I, I, I would never say that if you criticize black people, you're anti-black or whatever, which is uh, a phrase you use to dismiss my criticism but of you. You called me anti-black for saying, criticizing black people in this tweet thread. No, I criticized, I called you anti-black for your um, interpretation. But my criticism, I've provided you the interpretation. So if you're going to accuse every criticism of being based on a bad faith and misinterpretation, then yeah, you're basically just saying that the criticisms make me anti-black. 
I think that my criticism. No, is I think that your bad faith misinterpretation is what made you anti-black. Because as you said in the beginning of that segment, um, the so-called steel man interpretation is the one I'm pointing out is that that interpretation is the correct interpretation, but it's not the one that you want to run with for so the whatever correct reason. Interpretation, so you if don't that's want the correct... to lend any kind of good faith. If that's the correct interpretation, even if I'm phrasing, it's not the best. So, okay. So you acknowledge then that the phrasing is exclusionary and incorrect. I don't, I don't consider it exclusionary, pussy. Okay. Then I think she's being direct. I think she's being direct in terms of pointing out that, hey, de facto segregation exists. So a lot of white people are going to be exposed to other white people. They have circles, uh, social circles, largely composed of other white people. So those people, instead of, they're, they're not doing rather they're not doing right. enough right i feel to like reach these people. i feel like i've pointed out all the ways in which i think this type of messaging is really bad there are people who are going to say that i'm tone policing but that it's okay to tone police massive public figures when they're giving political messaging that's an okay time to tone police actually optics is very important when it comes to bringing over new people i don't think we're ever going to agree on that i want to if we could i just we should wanna... like to talk about the rainbow coalition then the rainbow coalition i was going to scroll down are you, hold on are you, uh well, okay is that in the tweet thread let me see she has made no it's on, it's on, it's on the thread but oh well let me just read this really really quick i'll i'll skim it okay i just want to see if there's anything more here that we haven't touched on all she has made clear is a lot of white folks are not putting in the work to organize their own communities including dismantling the anti-blackness within their own communities and are not doing enough to confront their own anti-blackness before claiming solidarity and unity wait no this is what i mean and are not doing enough to confront their own anti-blackness before claiming solidarity and unity, i.e. they don't have a right to claim solidarity and unity until they do these other things. This is the definition of exclusionary. The, the no, it, it, it's like, it, yeah, you know what? It is exclusionary. Well, wait, but then why have I been arguing Hold that? on, could you, let, could, you, could you let me speak? Could you let me speak? Sure. All right? It's exclusionary in the sense that Okay, so you know how baby leftists often call for left unity because Ubu, Marxist, Leninist, anarchists somehow have the same end goal. Mm -hmm. you you've seen that, right? Right. But in terms of actual action, there are consequences that we have seen historically for how um, Marxist, Leninists tend to operate. Right? They, it, saying that you both want communism is useless when one is throwing the other in a gulag in front of a frying squad. Saying that you stand in unity with black people is useless when there's no action to back it up. It's basically liberal performance art. It's what corporations do to increase their market share. Why it's not? like when dozens of companies stood in solidarity with BLM last year, but they had no material benefits to BLM last year. So you're okay with exclusionary. So I don't know why we wasted our time. You're okay with exclusionary language as long as you feel as though the people haven't adequately deconstructed the racialized biases that they hold. Why not let them in the movement and then try to push them to the left from within that movement rather than holding them out the gate? I feel like that's, I feel like that's more effective. It's I'm not saying not we shouldn't try them out the gate. I want them to be in the movement doing the work, but you can't be in the movement if you're not doing the work. I think you absolutely can't. You can't be can. in solidarity if you're not doing the work. What is the work? So Which people can't be leftists unless they're, what's the threshold, the bar for participation? And why does that bar seem to only exist for white people? If you're passively anti-capitalist. No, nah, it doesn't exist only for white people. I, I'd say, say that a lot of people, people who are right passive. Here. I would say that I'm, I'm speaking generally now. I, I, I would say that there are a lot of people anti-capitalist, but it's vague and it is passive. They don't take that frustration with capitalism and do something with it. There's no basis in material reality, material action. I recognize people should do those things, 
But the best way to have them do those things is to let them in the movement and then push them from within the movement rather than leaving them outside of the movement. If you leave people outside of a movement, if there's like a white person who's like, yeah, I want to be a um, white Pause, pause, pause. My, my wife, I dropped for a second there, so I didn't hear what you were saying. Oh, yeah. Um, I forget what I was saying too. Look, the problem is, it, like, you, we need to let these people into the movement and then change them from within that movement rather than keeping them outside of the gate. Um, if, you, if, if you're, like, a vaguely leftist, like, kind of populist, and you want to be part of the left-leaning movement, and then people are like, no, you're, you haven't done enough to confront your anti-blackness, no, and you just What I'm saying is, if you, want to be part, if you want to be part of the movement, that's fantastic. But your, uh, your involvement in the movement... It's just going to be performative and empty if you're not actually doing anything for them. That's, that's better than them joining another political circle, though. I would rather have useless lefties who don't do anything than people who are kept out the left movement and then gravitate towards liberal or reactionary causes. It's way better. At least when they're just passively in our movement, we have the benefit of numbers. They buy our content, they donate to causes, they might show up at rallies, and they have the possibility of changing. You want the vast majority of political movements right. are made up 90% of people to change. Who do You want them to get involved in actual action. I want them to be in the movement and then we push them to do those things rather than say they Being can't be a the part movement of the movement. Being in the movement and doing action is, you have to be doing action to be in the movement. <sighs> yeah, let's Simply just... saying that you're part of the movement is, not okay. accomplishing anything okay it's performative and empty so i i guess i'll just continue the tweet thread as she said unity with black people is meaningless so long as the mass of white people are indoctrinated this is not correct again the masses of white people have always been indoctrinated into white supremacy and liberalism for the entire history of this country so i think that unity with black people has been meaningful over the course of that time if it weren't for unity with black people we wouldn't have even gotten the civil rights movement passed so I mean, the civil, the civil rights movement was very critical of white liberals. The civil rights movement was critical of white liberals, but it would not have succeeded if not a single white person had engaged in unity with black people. I'm not defending white liberals. I'm saying that unity was necessary to get it passed. Unity with white people. Right. Even though the majority of white people were still indoctrinated into white supremacy and liberalism. Yeah. So... You had to be organizing your family, your friends, and your likely overwhelmingly white neighborhood if you want unity to be more than performative and empty. Surprisingly, black folks don't want to have to put up with constant anti-black microaggressions in our revolutionary space. Um, that's fair. I recognize that. I think that political space. This is the tweet be... that you ignored in the original segment, by the way, which I found to be very odd because it's oh, kind I of just, the crux of the whole thread. I just skipped through it super fast. But yeah, um, I don't necessarily think this is a super valid criticism. First of all, black people deal with anti-black microaggressions from society at large, whether or not they're in the left or other people are in the left. And second of all, I think that a strong and healthy political left has multiple spaces for people at different stages of radicalization. I've always advocated for that. So if you, I want lefties who are like, if you have like an Wait, edgy white don't boy. don't disagree with No Name's message. No, because they're still the part message. of the left. They're just in a different social space. So, like, say you have a really edgy white so for boy. For example, for example, for example, they're in their local neighborhood organization. Say that neighborhood is overwhelmingly white. Then they're in that neighborhood organization, and as they're in that organization, they are unlearning those anti-black white supremacist ideas in that space while working in collaboration with organizations in majority black neighborhoods. They they can, yeah. And they can go on Twitter and shitpost if they want. I mean, they can do what they want. Or they can do absolutely nothing if, if they if they want to. I'd prefer they do something. But if you say the only way to be a leftist is to organize, you're going to have like five leftists in this country. 
but they're still a leftist. If you have an edgy white boy who's like a little bit racist, but like they're working on it and it's just kind of some, like they just picked up on some dumb shit from their mom and dad and they're working on it and they're young and you know, they believe in leftist causes broadly. I want them to be part of the left and I want them to be a part of my case, left. In that like case, in they're putting in the work to unlearn white supremacy and liberalism though. Yeah. They're actually doing the work. Right, but they're putting the work in in my movement like they're they're in the movement so yeah. they can do that work you can't in be in the movement if you aren't putting in the work that's my point no the if the, you're not putting in the work to unlearn white supremacy and liberalism, your tweet then you specifically can't said you can't no first of all your tweet said that a you can't be in the movement unity with black people is useless if white people are still anti-black in general and b you said that they can't be in the movement until they have unlearned those things I think they need to unlearn it in the movement. And even if they never fully unlearn it and they're still like a little bit racist, what would you rather have? A slightly racist white kid who wants a proletarian revolution or a slightly racist white kid with a back the blue sticker on the back of his fucking Ford Focus, you know? I know that I would rather have them on the left. And maybe they're irritating and other black people on the online left don't want to be around them. That's cool. They don't have to. It's not a social club. They can stay in some other portion of the left where people are more tolerant of that type of behavior, you know? I just, I just yeah, want to be I mean, inclusionary. I just want to be inclusive to people. The right makes it so easy to join the right. All you have to do is be a little bit, ra not even racist, you just have to be irritated by feminists. And there is this like maelstrom of content that will pull you into the alt-right. But on the left, there are so many walls and barriers and so much gatekeeping and all these prominent voices are constantly so engaging thing, in self You think there should be a path? You think there should be a path for apolitical white people to enter the left? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And who do you think is going to create that path? Who do you think should create that path? Who well, do you think I, should be putting in that difficult work to build that path? Well, I'd do it better than pretty much anyone else, I think. So I'd say me. Yeah, I think other white people can use their privilege to try to access those communities. Which is no over. name's point. No, no name's point is that we don't have a right to talk to her about unity or police until we've done more. I don't do this because I'm meeting some woke bar that I need to pass before I get to talk political issues with black people. I'm doing this because I like doing what I do and because I'm good at doing what I do. I'm not doing it because I was gatekept by other people. Because frankly, if I listened to other people's gatekeeping, I wouldn't be part of the left at all. Most online leftists hate me. They want me out of the community. If I listened to the gatekeeping, I wouldn't be able to do exactly the thing you and No Name want, which is white people using their privilege to pull politically indifferent or even reactionary people over to the left. I'm trying to, but your messaging makes it harder for me to do it. And then when I argue with it online, messaging that white leftists being... should be putting in the work to unlearn, um, to help people undo white supremacy and liberalism is somehow not <laughs> what it's. It's about the order. I do it because I like doing it, and I do it because I'm good at doing it. But I don't do it because I need to pass a threshold before I get to talk with black people. I could drop all of this That's and never do an ounce. That's the point. Wait, no, it's the point, which is the reason why my rhetoric pulls- The point, the point is that if white leftists are not putting in the work to unlearn white supremacy and liberalism, then unity is meaningless. Wait, hold, meaningless no, unity, because it wait, is performative and wait, empty. The reason why you went silent after I brought up the civil rights movement is because you know that point is stupid. Okay, we can't keep going back to that. Unity is meaningful even if there are still problems in the broader white community. Now, I am having trouble 
doing the work you claim you want me to do because of the behavior that you and other people who use your arguments engage in. And for the record, I'm going to get called racist after this conversation because I disagreed with a black person. You called me racist in your Twitter thread for disagreeing with a black person. It makes it exceedingly that difficult. I called you racist. You but if you want to keep on framing it that way, then sure. I think that's a fairly... Do you want to talk about the civil rights movement? We could talk about how no, no, we... um, white people organized with black people in the, in the civil rights movement. No, we, we could talk we... about that. No, no. The point is that they unified. There was unity there, even though there was a majority but white that population. unity was materially meaningful. It doesn't... Wait. The way that they're unified, the way that they worked was an organization against white supremacy. And what does that have to do with my point? The unity is meaningful, even though the majority of white people were still succumbing to anti-blackness and uh, liberalism. That's my argument. Yeah, white people, their unity was meaningful because they put in the work and black people can't do it alone because we have way the hell more social power than you do in this country. And that's unfortunate and we can work to fix that, but it cannot be done alone. We're going to need white people. We're going to need a lot of white people. And we're going to need to choose our words carefully to avoid compromising our movement while also including as many people as possible. That optics game is really important to me because for, the, for a long time, the online left especially was empty. There was no online left in America, in the Western speaking, in the English speaking world. There was, just, there was nothing. It was, it, was, it was just all reactionaries. It was like atheists. That was the closest we had. It was atheists versus Christians. So I'm just, we're going to go back to that if we're not careful. And the tweet thread ends with you saying, um, this arrogant refusal to read, listen, reflect, unlearn, apologize is disgusting to me. We're obviously not part of the same movement. So I don't know how you can say you're not being exclusionary when you're explicitly saying we're not part of the same movement. Didn't I admit earlier that I was exclusionary? Didn't I say that I would be, I would be excluding people who, do not, who do not, aren't putting in the work? Just out of we curiosity, would you consider what I do putting in the work, being one of the largest leftist voices online with millions of people who watch my content, is that putting in the work or am I doing counter In some cases, work? I think you have, um, I mean, I've, I first heard about you when you had debated Hunter, Hunter Affleck and whatever. And so I have ago. seen in some cases where you, yeah, um, I have seen in some cases where you've done, um, some, you've done positive work and I applaud you for that. But um, of course, there are also flaws and there are critiques that could be made. And I think that you missed the mark on, in some very key ways. But I do think that you have um, had some positive impact. Well, if I don't you think, think I've had it's necessarily some... counterproductive. I know. I think I... you have made some positive impact because I know that there are people who used to watch you who have then moved on to other content and um, organizing organizing efforts. People are selling so all your workers and do organizing efforts. They don't have to leave my. Community I know. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying your. I'm not saying your community doesn't have organizers. Yeah. Just then, I don't know why you said we're not part of the same movement. And I have a feeling that your language here would be a lot less charitable if you weren't talking to me. If you were on Twitter, because I know how these conversations tend to go. Um, well, you don't know me as a person, but if you want to talk about why I said that you're not part of my movement, then we could talk about how I perceive the. Um, the the term movement uh i particularly how I, I perceive the term left i mean you see um am I, wait am i'm I not, I'm not sure if you recognized no, okay let me establish something right of course you're on the left there are a lot of people on the left and that's kind of my point somehow leftism has managed to include a whole bevy of people of which i have very little in common with like what? vague anti-catholic like tankies like genocide deniers like transphobes like eugenicists like dictator stands like simple like 
capitalist reformers. Like those are all aspects. Those are all parts of left. That's why, that's why I see the left as a tomb to be very. But I dislike all left. of those people. So we should all get along, shouldn't we? I mean, you and I, at least, I, I dislike every group people. you're referring to. But in terms of how I see movement and why I said that um, you're obviously not part of my movement is because I believe that movement is a term that needs to be rooted in material reality. It has to be a term that, so when I say I'm in movement with people, it, it's people that I am learning from, that I am sharing with, that I am organizing with, that I am, you know, working with. You mean I don't literally think, your I don't movement think that, is like the groups of people at your specific organizations? Like it's your soup kitchen like group? Or no, it's what? it's it's people who I am connected with and um, auxiliary people that I'm connected with in terms of like like further connections um, that are putting in that group. For example, I would consider myself to be in movement with the Zapatistas. Or I would consider myself to be in movement with Rojava. You know, because Wait, they are putting. They don't because I believe we share. They don't know anything about you. The Kurds don't. They don't know who you are. Is it just because you yeah, share but, political beliefs on how to address? I mean, I, I know Kurdish people in Rojava. Sure, but, sure, um, maybe a few, but like the the movement, you're not a part. You're not in there. You're not part of their militia. So I don't know what the threshold is. I'm a supporter of Rojava. I just don't know. I know why you can't say that you and I share a movement. It's because you get canceled with your following. But I just don't understand what materially separates us. I don't know, like, because I, I think want there to the, be one left, you know? It's much easier. I don't think that there will ever be one left. Well, one water push, one big mass of left-leaning people pushing in a given direction with the bad and the good elements, but one big group together, you know? But the sectarian mindset makes it really difficult to collectively organize because the right is way more nonspecific with how they do this. If you're part of the right, whatever, say you're Sargon Stefan Molyneux, you run down these columns, who cares? Are you uh, ethno-nationalist? Are you a conservative? Most of these people just call themselves like tradcons or whatever. It's just some broad term. They don't know what it means. They don't care. It's simple. They're like... They're like animals, the right. They just charge in a direction, like a stampede, which is much more effective, by the way, than what we're doing. You know, we have a bunch of lefties. We're all big-brained philosophers. We're sitting together. You know, we're out there in the in the the African steppe. We're pondering. We see the great, the herd, the stampede of animals. We see. We respect its power. You know, and then we all separately calculate the optimal direction to run in, and then on the word go, 50,000 separate groups of people run in separate directions off into the sunset. And we don't, nothing gets trampled, we don't look cool. There may have even been more of us, but it doesn't matter because we don't move together as a group. Um, you know, we, we, we have to be like the monkey. I don't think monkeys do stampedes. The, gaz the gazelle. The wildebeest. Are there wildebeest? And Africa? I don't know. Um, I mean, honestly speaking, I don't think that there will ever be a, a, a like a unity in, in thought. I think there will always be people who are going... There might be a, like, a, a larger trend, but I think that there will always be diversity in terms of how people, what direction people decide to go in, because that's kind of what makes leftism so attractive to people. I say leftism sparingly because you're not being constrained. So for example, um, there will be, there'll likely be societies in a 
hypothetical post-revolution world, there'll be some that operate um, for, with more democratic and federalist means. There'll be ones that organize more communally. There'll be ones that organize more on a, a, a market-based sort of system. There'll be ones that organized communistically. And I think there is space for a diversity of organizations, structures, and styles once there's a, a general um, aversion to hierarchy and that sort of thing. I think there is space for, um, for that sort of diversity. But in terms of, and that's why I would say that I'm in movement with those um, groups, but I wouldn't say that the left is a movement that I am a part of. I mean, technically I am a part of it, but practically not as much because I don't see it as a practical term. And I don't think that you and I are in movement because I think there are attitudes that you uh, encourage that are counterproductive and ineffective. So, I mean, people always reference these, but I feel like I can defend most of what I say and believe in. Um, but all right, one way or another, I feel like we've, I feel like we've run the circle. And um, and I appreciate you coming on to talk about this tweet chain because this conversation was, and maybe this is more uh, a reflection on the types of conversations I have in this channel, but I would say a pretty excellent one uh, by the standards I am typically held to. So thank you for coming on. No problem. All right. You take care, okay? You too. All right. Peace.